autism spreader think equity yeah it's time to give the power back to the people we're fighting to make our beliefs equal look at the failed policies and how they treat you we got strength yeah we're far from feeble this is for anyone with autism or a disability time to unite show them how strong our will can be move readily we're promoting equity a non-profit platform that's the recipe now throw your hands up we finally got a winner seek equity with autism sprinter now throw your hands up we finally got a winner Think equity with autism sprinter it's time to make a change it's time to stand up for what we believe in equality and equity across the board no matter your race nation or creed disability or your needs yes it gotta be equal it gotta be right hey hey how are you guys I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome to our awesome show. This month is going to be full of a lot of autism awareness conversation. But here in Autism Sprinter, we we really stand behind autism acceptance um, because we can't, you know, before you become aware and you understand matters, the first thing that we have to do as a society is, is accept people for their individuality and what they bring to the space and to our community. So here in Autism Sprinter, we stand more with autism acceptance. So without further ado, I want to bring bring you guys to some really amazing moms who are out here paving the way, not just here in Massachusetts, but we got somebody from out of state, y'all, and she's a beast. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not doing no justice by introducing them, but I would rather for them to the introduce themselves. So welcome to um, the Autism is More Than Awareness show. Um, as you guys know, today is Worldwide Autism Day and April is Autism Awareness Month. But again, it's Autism Acceptance Month for us, for us here in Autism Sprinter. <laughs> Welcome, ladies. (laughs) I'm going to start from my right down. So I'm going to call Danielle. Introduce yourself. Hold on, I can't hear her. Can you mute everybody? Can you mute everybody except her? Again. Yep, yep, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Hi, I am Dan, and my I'm from Boston. Well, I'm not from I'm from Ethiopia. I live in Boston and I have a five-year-old autistic son and three other boys. So welcome. (laughs) Then I'll go to T. T, unmute yourself, girl. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from. Can you hear me? Yep, I hear you. I hear you, boo. Hey, um, I'm Tamara, and I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I have a nine-year-old on the spectrum who was diagnosed June of 2016, and we here in Indiana are raising raising awareness um, everywhere we go, basically. And Yahar is definitely my mentor, been my mentor since we've been on this journey. And um, I am so happy and humbled that she has asked me to be a part 
of uh, Autism Town um, Awareness. Okay, girl, you know, but wait, you got to tell them that you've been doing some business out there too, though. We're going to get to that. We okay. already with the school system out there. Shireen, what's up, boo? Introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. My name is Shireen. I am in Massachusetts, right next to Jahida. Um, I have three kids. My youngest is 16, and he is on the spectrum. He also has a developmental um, disability delay. Um, I'm happy to be here and just hang out with these wonderful moms. All right, Boston Girl TV. What's up, boo? Introduce yourself. Hey, I am Boston Girl TV, first name Monique, um, and I have a nonverbal six-year-old. She has no words, and it has been a struggle, a journey, you know, a, a fight for everything autism. I don't know. I feel it's a fight for everybody, and I'm just one cog that's going to fight to the deaths for my child. Cynthia, how are you? All right. What's up? What's up, ladies? And I'm so humbled to be here. And thank you to her for having me here and all these wonderful queen and fighters and mothers. I'm from Massachusetts, so I have three children. And then two of my boys are on the spectrum. And I'm also Haitian. So I'm representing my Haitian community, which is a community that's very hard when it comes to disability. But we are here. We're fighting to make things happen. So I'm happy to be here and having this conversation with you, ladies. All right, Tiff. It's all you, Tiff. What's up, girl? There you go. You hear us? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Tiff is trying to Tiff Tiff is working on her 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 um uh, sound. So we'll get back to you, babe. Don't worry. You know you can always jump in. Um all right, so I mean let's get to it, y'all. Because you know, today is one of those days, right? That I think that the society is like autism awareness, autism, and then for us it's like it's 24 7 365 days so this this is not new to us um we live this every day we're waking up every day fighting for our babies um and i you know one of the things that i always think about is the day that i received the diagnosis um i don't know how how it was for you guys but kind of for me it kind of felt like a death sentence right it kind of felt like I was like, OMG, what is this? Um, and the doctor, when the doctor started talking to me, the doctor basically told me everything that my son wasn't going to do. There was nothing that came out of that diagnosis that said that, you know, my son was going to be able to do this. It was everything that he wasn't going to do. And it was horrifying. Um, I know Tiff is back. Let me see if her, um, her sound is working. So that she can introduce herself to Tiff. Can you hear me, guys? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I was the last one to make some trouble on here. I'm sorry. But yes, guys. I'm Tiffany, mother of five. 
I have two on the spectrum, um, ages 10 and 9. Um, so I got a whole household full here. But you know how it is, as you know, as a mom of five, being doing and everything in between. But just glad to be here. Well, you know what? We're going to start with you. So when you, when you received the diagnosis, how did that make you feel? And, and was you by yourself? Was you with your husband? Was with your family? Like, and you know, what, what kind of led you to get, you know, to, uh, to see a uh, developmental specialist? Yeah. So, you know, when I was first finding out about my daughter being diagnosed, that was the first, my, she was the first one to show any signs or symptoms and stuff like that. So while she was doing all this other stuff, you know, the whole acting out and not really understanding what was going on with her, I had to, um, I was dealing with homelessness. I was in a shelter, navigating that system all together. So I was dealing with that and trying to figure out how am I going to find out what's going on with my daughter. So with the help of the early intervention at the time, I was working with my twin boys. She kind of like helped me lead to get some type of diagnosis, but it didn't even happen until way later on that um, I was I went to a, de a developmental doctor and talk about how long that takes just to get in is a long wait. I mean, it was like one to two years almost just to see somebody while you're dealing with this this child that's having multiple difficulties learning mentally physically psychologically all of that and you don't know how to navigate you don't know how to 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 work around that you know so when i first found out when i first got that word autism you know i didn't know nothing about autism other than people that were telling me oh they have that just a new word now for people that are saying their mental retardation yes are you serious you know, so I had so many conflicting words and names around that it was just like unpleasant. It was so unpleasant. And, you know, they give you this packet that you have to read through. But this ain't a book. This is a child. There's no books or handbooks or tutorials or anything like that. You just have to work what you have and, you know, work along and work with your child, you know. So at first, when I seen it, I was devastated. But then, you know, just just calming myself down and going through the through the, the problems and having my partner beside yes, me to yes, kind of like yes, navigate. Yes. You know, he yes. was, he didn't, he at the time was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Autism doesn't run in my family. You know, that's another thing that we talk about too, that people always want to, you know, neglect and not say like the truth, but, you know, we didn't want to come to terms with it. You know, we didn't know what to do. so. It was definitely heartbreaking and really just devastating. I mean, I just, I didn't know. I didn't think I would be the person as myself of like, you know, going through what I was going through to have a child that was on the spectrum. It was just heavy, heavy. It, it, it is very heavy. It is very heavy. And, and the emotional part about it, it is a lot of people don't understand. So T, I'm gonna go to you because you're not here in Massachusetts. So like, how how was it for you 
and your the state you're coming from, because a lot of people say here in the state of Massachusetts, we're resource rich. We have a lot of resources, which is true. Um, Massachusetts does have, we have a lot of resources. And I'm curious to know, when you were navigating this process, how did it, how did it, you know, look like for you? Um, can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, with, with my son, um, he went to the preschool that took excellent care of him from when he was nine, five months until four. And so finally about four and a half, um, the preschool director came to me, came to us and said, um, well, she did put him out, but they let me know that he was not, they were not, um, equipped for him anymore. And when I say that hurt, that hurt. Um, just because I know he was well taken care of. And so finally, um, we went to his pediatrician symptom to um, a, psychi a psychologist. And it was one visit. She said, uh, yeah, I'm going to send you to Riley. And Riley here is the hospital, um, the children's hospital here. So we did that for maybe six months. And finally, he was like, well, let me do an ADOS test. And I'm like, what's the ADOS testing? And so finally, I never forget, we, he had an appointment at the neurologist that morning and he did his ADOS testing that evening. But my mind never said, what happens if he had autism? So I'm there and he's doing his thing. And so they said they'd give us a call back. So about 20 days later, I received a phone call saying, hey, he's on a spectrum. And like Tiffany said, you get a stack, a book, a book. Uh, here you go. Have a great day. And I, I, I immediately went to my bathroom crying um, because he, here in Indiana, um, you don't see a lot of black autistic kids, per se. And I'm just being honest. Um, well, what is autism? What does that mean? What does that look like for his education? What does that look like for his future? Um, and immediately I, I was I made myself a promise. I made my son a promise. I made God a promise that I was not just going to allow him to be subject to being a statistic in the school system saying that he's just a bad black boy. And so I immediately start digging through these papers. I immediately start reaching out. Hey, what is this? What is this? I had no idea what ABA was. Um, and so I just start reaching out, um, making phone calls. Cause and finally, um, Crossroads here, a place um, on the east side of Indianapolis who does suffer disabilities. Hey, we'll come in and we do. And I'm like, okay, so worst case scenario, you guys can either help me or you can't help me. So immediately, he received his diagnosis in June, started ABA in October. And after that, I quit my job um, to get him where he needed to be because, um, and I say this and I don't mean this I'm just being very um, transparent if I know if I didn't get him help because he's he's an aggressive autistic son he's aggressive I either knew he was either going to end up in prison or or basically I'll be burying my son um, because in society you can't have a, a young black man being aggressive to nobody um, and so I'll send him to the developmental preschool so in that time he was going to the developmental preschool and part-time ABA with speech therapy in between. So our day on Wednesday would start at a speech therapy developmental preschool and end the day with ABA. We had very, very long days. 
and I was against Madison at first. I really was, but he would not be able to calm down. So I just, I just dug into it, got him the help that was necessary. And for anybody that's watching, I have to say this, I have to say this. If that's your child and your family is going against you, you be a, a straight up beast and knocking every one of your people down and tell them, this is my child. I'm going to do what's best for my child. Um, maybe dad, grandparent, aunt, uncle, whoever the case is, do what's in the best interest of your child. Because again, I didn't care. I mean, and, and, and then at first you have so many emotions. You know, uh, I have to say, black people, we are embarrassed. And I'm to the point now, we would go in a store, and my son, I would say he's speaking SpongeBob language. And I used to be embarrassed um, of people looking at him. Finally, I got to the point, I don't care. I don't care. Said, baby, talk with whatever language you want to talk. And I, I grew out of that embarrassment. Now, I, I absolutely do not care what people think of, of Tyrone, who's my son. I, I just don't care because the first place we will be is getting help. And we just, as black people, we have to get out of that statistic of my child has the best shoes, the best clothes, and there's nothing wrong with dressing your child nice absolutely nothing but if your child is not whole whole healthy and happy you're not doing your job as a parent and i'm just sorry and it's and it's real you know like you said it goes back to the parents and parents you know sometimes we got to do advocate 10 times harder and uh and i'll go with cynthia you know because i know cynthia you are from Haiti, and I know as being a mom, and I'm from Puerto Rico, from the Caribbean, and I know is from the Caribbean too. You know, so it's different for us. Not for, not different in, in a sense of, of, you know, skin color and things like that. But, you know, in the islands, there's this big taboo about seeing people and things like that. And it's just, you know, everything, at least in my household, we're gonna pray to God, everything's gonna be okay. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, wait, you know, there's something going on here. Um, so Cynthia, talk to us a little bit about, you know, about this, your journey, your diagnosis. How did your family, you know, as a Haitian mom, how did, you know, how did this resonate in your family? Yeah, so the thing is, um, ladies, what happened with myself, um, when I was pregnant with my son, when we went to do the test and they found out that he will have trisomy three. Um, so that was my um, second child. So I'm like, what is trisomy three? So they're like, oh, you know, it'll be best that you get rid of your baby because you're gonna struggle a lot. He's not gonna live past five. And I'm looking, you know, I Googled and I'm seeing trisomy three kids. I'm like, oh my God, like I've never know about what trisomy three is. But I'm like, you know what, whatever it is, if God's gonna give me five years with my baby, let me live those five years. So I said, who are you to tell me, you know, what God is possible to do? I'm like, I'm not doing any more testing, right? And I'm mad that they sent me a bill after all that stuff when i say i didn't want to do all that stuff but you know i started praying you know and i remember when i gave birth to my baby and i went and i looked at him real quick to see if all these signs were there and i didn't see anything happen so i'm like oh god is good thank you god but um as he was growing up i had my eldest 
but I was seeing different things with him, right? He wasn't speaking and I'm like, he's two years old. Why is he not saying any words, like any phrases, any mommy, I love you. But what I noticed about him, he was like reading everything. Like when we were on the highway, he was reading stuff. Like how he's reading all that stuff and he cannot talk to me. So, you know, I'm a Haitian mother, I'm asking other Haitian mom and you know, and the doctor was like, oh, I think something wrong, go check it out. So I went to other mothers, I'm like, the doctor's saying something is wrong. What do you guys think? Which is not the right thing to do, by the way. They're like, oh, you know, they always talk. They just want to label your child. Don't listen to them, whatever. So as a mom, I listened. They were like, oh, they said that to my son. Look at my son. My son is fine. And now I'm looking at their son. Their sons are not fine. You know what I mean? And I wish they had that therapy that they had them going through. But, um, you know, I, I, I just listened. But my other child, which is my second one, uh, he's the one that made me realize what autism is because he would not sleep. And my mom was always with him, even though he was awake at all times, she wouldn't tell me anything. She was hiding it from me. All these signs like she was seeing, she was hiding it because she was trying to be protective. I had to work in the morning. You know, she didn't understand all these different things, but you know, I, I started realizing like no eye contact and all this different stuff. So I had him in early intervention. Thank God there was this young lady that was working with him. It's like, oh my God, I see he's loving the blue color a lot. Those are signs of autism. I'm like, autism, what is autism? She was like, well, it's a lot in black boys. Um, this is something you can check out and stuff. And I'm like, how do I check it out? And she's like, you know what? I'm going to take care of stuff. And there's good people out there, guys. There are really good people. Now, as you guys are saying, these lists are from three to five years, guys, right? And sometimes more. I remember she gave me a number and I called Boston Medical. They were telling me five years. I'm like, five years? He's three years old. So by that time, it's going to be eight years old for me to find out if you really have autism. And right away, she got connected. We were able to get an appointment within a week. You know, I thank her for that. And when I got there and, you know, they did all the testing, they're like, oh, he has the mentality. He's three years old, but he has a mentality of a three-month-old. So I'm like, what? What are you talking about? So I'm like really scared. Like you ladies are saying, they don't give us no instruction. It's like, hey, this is what we find out. Figure it out yourself. So it was just like myself, my husband was there with me. We Googling stuff. We don't know what to do. You know, we praying. We don't know where to go because we never know anybody that has autism and stuff. We don't know anything about services or nothing. But I thank God for this young lady that was working with us through early intervention. So little by little, she's like, do this. That's what's called ABA. I'm going to teach you how to do this. And then, you know, I started, um, you know, Googling and I see other mothers that were speaking out how their children was. And then that kind of like gave me the hope to learn more about what autism is. So when I was seeing that, I'm like, I'm seeing the same thing with my youngest one. I might as well get him diagnosed to see if he has autism. He was seven years old, guys, at that time that I got the diagnosis. And thank God, like, he was nonverb. Well, I wouldn't say nonverbal. He was speaking, but not fully speaking. And once he got that diagnosed, they were able to give him a communication uh, device. Now he speaks he speaks too much now, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if I wasn't out there and saying, like, hey, listen, let me find out more about my children, 
I wouldn't get them to where they are. And this is what we see in the Haitian community. People are not taking the responsibility. They are so afraid. And you got that pride where I was like, oh, I don't want to label my kid. No, I need to know what's going on with my kids so I can help them to be better, you know? And it's not their fault because they don't have that education. And people are out there, like I said, it's not the same. When you have somebody with a, a kid with disability, people are laughing at you. They're making fun of you. And they want you to be in that corner where, you know, people shouldn't care about you. We don't have no resources at church. We don't have anything. I remember they said to me, it's because I didn't pray enough. That's why my kids were autistic. And those were people at church. You were supposed to, yeah, you were supposed to help me. How are you going to tell me it's because I don't pray enough? You saying like, that, uh, you know, God has given me a sentence because of that. Like those kind of things hurt. But, you know, like the more and more people are knowing now, you know, in the Haitian community and myself, I'm opening up. Like, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, my kids have autism. So what? We have a whole, <laughs> you know, people in our back that's supporting us. And you see more mothers are coming out, which I really, really enjoy and like. But it was not an easy journey. And it's still not an easy journey. But, you know, I'm going to fight through the end for my babies. I want the best education. And I want one day to for them to be a business person. Why not? Like, everybody doesn't have to label them like, oh, yeah, you you know, let, let's try to get you a high school diploma. No, you can do more than that. So we're here That's to right. inspire them and to be better. That's true. I love that. And I know I'm going to go to Shireen because Shireen is also from the Caribe. So talk to us. <laughs> Talk to us about your journey and like what land did you to get your son diagnosed and what has been the family support around that and any, you know, cultural, you know, things. Talk to us. So my son's a preemie. He was born at 34 weeks. Um, outside of being a preemie, um, he, he appeared to be typical typically functioning um, at that time. Um, he was a C-section, so we were in the hospital um, for four, four days. Um, he came home in, at the end of four days. He probably should have stayed a little bit longer, but his weight met more or less the criteria for being discharged. We, our diagnosis came very, very late, so around the age of uh, 14. Um, when it was finally all said and done. And so we have lived a very, very um, traumatic uh, life up until um, up until that point. We, we were denied access um, just about at every turn. So he does have uh, high functioning autism and he has a host of other uh, types of diagnoses as well. Um, because he has high functioning autism. He appears to uh, to function uh, as a neurotypical. He can he knows how to how, how to stem to satisfy himself, but he also knows how to blend in. And it wasn't until we entered uh, sixth grade when he was hospitalized for a couple of weeks. Um, that's when folks started taking us um, seriously, that we were actually in need of services. We were denied three times for our IEP. Um, we received a functional behavioral assessment, which helped, but didn't really help. By the time we got to sixth grade, um, he had had it. I remember calling, um, I remember calling the pediatrician and, um, 
I said, you know, my son's spiraling and, um, you know, there are a host of things that happened today and um, I don't know what to do. We need to come and see you. And she said, well, you know, we can put him back in um, ADHD medication. And well, you know, well, what are you trying to solve? Like, why, why are you putting him on ADHD? She's like, well, if you don't want to do the medication, you're going to have to take him into Children's Hospital. And I didn't. And we had tried um, various types of ADHD medication because the system, uh, the system said based on the score sheet that he had ADHD, mm-hmm. and he was labeled one of those little um, bad black boys, um, not directly um, but indirectly. Um, he was given a lot of support um, in school, but there was the wrong kind of support. Um, so instead of it stimulating uh, him to 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 do his to settle down and to do his work, it actually triggered him. And then when he became triggered and spiraled, he was then that you know that that bad kid. Um, and so we got to the hospital. It was it, it, it was a trying time. I cried. It, so he was there for two weeks, um, and then he got home. And he went straight to school, but that was also very. Um, it was very troubling uh, for him and for me. He eloped a few times well. Um, it, eventually, we were outsourced. Um, even though we had the hospitalization, we had to fight for an IEP. We still didn't get the IEP until he was almost um, getting ready to enter into sixth grade. For me, um, so I've been telling my story all day long, um, so I'm a little bit emotional. That's all right. Don't worry. I didn't think that um, I would, um, I didn't think that I would be, but it's, it's been a very, um, it's been a very trying day. Uh, we woke up this morning and he said, um, it is not Autism Awareness Month, just to be clear. And we are not wearing blue. Um, it's Autism Acceptance Month. Um, folks need to, to accept me for who I am. Um, and um, any color you want to wear, but blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that, that's been playing in my mind um, all day. Then we had an incident at school today that 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 I cannot share, but it was very um, troubling uh, for me. And and he spiraled um, badly. So I spent a, a good part of the day with uh, DDS on the phone, trying to get him um, the right supports for um, the situation that happened today. Uh, we actually formally got a diagnosis of autism, essentially Asperger's at that time when he was 14. And so after the hospitalization, um, so I cried in every single night. I saw him every single night for those 14 days that he was there. And I went to work, and he was, I worked in Boston. He was at Children's Hospital, so it was just like right around the corner. I saw him at lunch, and then I saw him in the evening, and then I came home, took care of my other two, and cried until like one, two o'clock. Got up and do it all over again. And then even when he got back home, um, the first two weeks was very um, was very touch and go. He was essentially on twenty four hour um, uh, suicide watch when he got back home, and that actually stayed in place for um, an entire year. So. What that really means is that um, everything was locked up and 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 hidden away, like any and everything 
that you think could be a sharp object but locked up and hidden and, and, and hidden. And even today, uh, some of the cabinets are still here, some of the, the the containers to put like the cleaning products. None of it's a concern today, um, but it, but it's still here from that time. Um, we got the diagnosis because I was pleasantly persistent. Mm -hmm. I, I folks don't like when I say that. I, so I'm 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 I am not a disruptor. I'm not a troublemaker, but um, I I will. <laughs> I I um, am an ally and and I make friends along the way, but I keep going and I keep pushing and I keep at it very every single day, and um and I, and I'm I'm intentional with that practice. And so what I did when he got back home from the hospital in those years leading up to it was two years after that we got the diagnosis. Every time he had um some type of trigger that led to trauma at school. I documented it. I took him not home, but I took him right to the pediatrician and I explained to her what happened. And so he, his file, his file at his pediatrician office is huge. So every single time I got a phone call from the school, that's where we went. And finally, the doctor got tired of us coming into the office because really it was just me documenting. I don't know what to do. And the fact of the matter is, I was honest with that. I didn't know what to do. And you're the professional. It is your job to help us and give us the resources. She finally booked um, an evaluation for us. And so how did I feel when I got the diagnosis? When I got there, I was just going for a psych evaluation because, you know, that's what the system and the folks around us are saying is that there's something else going on with them. Uh, Ms. Glover, at the time, um, you need to consider um, the fact, or not consider, but you need to know that your son has Asperger's. Mm. And so I sat in the chair and I could just feel like the chair just going down and down and down. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting to hear. I was expecting him to say, okay, so based on all the things that, I, that I've heard, we're going to add this medication or we're going to put him on this. And so that's when our journey, our journey started in Middleborough at McLean Hospital on a Monday afternoon, probably like two o'clock. And we left, we were both shocked. He was old enough to know um, what um, the word, you know, he was old enough to know the stigma that's around autism, but not really understanding that it's it's your life, it's your story, it's your way of life, it is what you make of it. And so it's been a journey. I've surrounded myself intentionally. I've been excluded from a lot of places, um, but I've also surrounded myself intentionally, again, being pleasantly persistent by finding um, education and resources that will um, just help me to learn and understand not just about the diagnosis, but what others are doing, other moms and other dads, um, not just black and brown, but like we would call it in this group, our counterparts are doing. Um, what are they doing? Where are the resources coming from? I was fortunate that I found um, I found a group um, that is statewide in Massachusetts um, that provided uh, family leadership training 
I was fortunate that I found a wonderful white woman who became an ally and accepted us into the program, even though we weren't fully uh, qualified for the services under the funding stream. She allowed us to be part of the program and really like took me under um, her wings and like really taught me what um, what it means to be not an autistic mom or, or parenting a child with autism, but what it really means to be part of the disability community of us all coming together and working together, not not having another layer, not having divisions. It's not about the skin color, but it's about the resources and the services. Um, and she has even till this day um, championed um, Chris and I and every step of the way. So today um, we are now qualified to receive services from DDS. Um, that is ex That service is extremely helpful most black and brown families don't know that that service exists in Massachusetts and also in their state. It is a service that provides a lot of therapeutic services um, for your child. And also, um, depending on the level of diagnosis, there's some funding that's also associated to have further therapy. Um, Jahider came into my life during my, my, my next stage of my learning um, in our fellowship that we're doing right now, the LEM Fellowship and in the master's program. And um, she's just been, she's a LEM friend. And but I'm thinking, because I want to make sure I say this correctly, like she's a LEM friend and a LEM sister. So I do identify as a mom with a disability. And so my disability is generalized anxiety. Um, and so a lot of folks will say, yeah, I'm feeling anxious. My disability, specific to me, not just me, but me, it's chronic. And so I do have, um, I call it a cocktail um, that I that I have to take to maintain uh, a daily balance. And Jahida, um, I'm intentional in how I say it. She calls me almost every day or every other day to make sure that I have done my homework. I have turned my homework in. I know where to find the homework. Um, don't forget to go here because you have to make a comment here and you have to do this there and we should really call the teacher and did you register for your class and do we have homework? Now she knows the answers to all of these things because because she looked, right? And she'll send me a text and she'll go, did you see your homework? <laughs> and then I go look and I'm just like, well, we don't have homework. So what is she saying? But she's been intentional in supporting me that way. And so I'm super grateful for um, for the moms that are, that are on this call. I'm now getting to know everyone, but just the moms in general. I prefer to um, to make allies um, because our counterparts. I will tell you, they know they know a lot. Um, they have a different support system than we do, and we do need to partner and we do need to work with them. My son um, is now an advocate. He's 16, and he can effectively advocate for himself. And he's able to do that because he sees me on Zoom. He hears me advocating for him. And he's doing that because of the supports that I've received in the community. I am super religious. He helped us do, he helped us do the flyer, right? <laughs> so we, we have to do my homework. I submit, Jahada and I were 
Jahida called me to do my homework, right? We just, <laughs> right? She's like, okay, let's get on Zoom and let's get your homework done. <laughs> so we got on Zoom. We made two flyers. I submitted my flyer. And then my son comes down and we were critiquing the fly because our partner said, no, it's not what they wanted. So we redid the flyer the way he said it should be done and they accepted it. And so I'm I'm thankful for, for my journey. Our journey is very, very painful. I cannot share his story. He needs to share his story at this point because he's 16. In addition to autism, we have added, or the doctors have added PTSD because of the trauma that he has been through in the school systems. Um, the school systems, they're great, they're wonderful. They, they're ushering a bunch of resources, um, but that's great. But before we got the resources, has been the story of our lives. Before we got the resources, we, we had to go through and we, we, had to be, um, we had to be tested. So I'm thankful to be here and thankful to, um, I'm thankful to share on this day. It's just been a pretty, um, it's, it's, it's a pretty heartfelt day. Welcome to the village, boo. <laughs> I'll go to you, Danny, um, because Danny, listen, y'all gotta follow Danny. First of all, her natural hair product, like you see her hair, right? Like her hair is too dope. All them, them curls are serious. And listen, when you watch her lives, she she's a mom that tells it like it is. She don't play no games when it comes to her baby. So Danny, talk to us. Like, tell us about your journey. Tell us like a cultural component of like, because I know that you're also you know from another country. Um, and talk to us about your journey as an autism mom and how you got the diagnosis. All right, y'all should let me go first because I'm like 22 weeks pregnant. I'm all emotional over here. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to hold it together. But okay, so my son is now five years old. Mello will be six in June. So it's a little different for me because I was prior to even having him at all, I was a teacher, a special ed teacher. I worked in um, early intervention. I did all of that. I sat in the classroom every day for years, like over 10 years with children with autism. So at about, I mean, Ramella was developing typically and he was in, he was like in a home daycare. And after a while, about 13 months, it's like a switch went off. And I'm look, I'm watching, I'm like, mm -mm, something, it, there's something there. And they kept on, and then the teachers or the daycare providers picked it up as well. And I'm like, my son is autistic. When I did at the time he was at BMC and I took him, I'm like, listen, my son has autism. And they was like, oh no, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, he's too young. I said, my son has autism and I'm not leaving until you let me talk to the right person. And I will dead up stand there. I'm one of those, I mean, I'm 5'11 with all this hair. You cannot miss me if you tried. I will stand there all day and all night and get on your nerves. I don't play when it comes to my papa bear. Um, but he ended up, he was already in early intervention because I suspected a speech issue. So he was already there, thankfully. So we ended up going because BMC was giving me such a hard time. And like the whole, the, the wait lists are, oh my goodness, they're, they're crazy. It doesn't make any sense why they make people wait that long. Um, but I ended up going there at UMass Boston. They have, I don't even remember the name of the program, but they have a program where you can, where your child can get diagnosed there. So he literally 
was diagnosed two weeks after his second birthday and how did I fe feel? I was relieved, but I, I already knew. Does it make it any easier? Heck no, it really doesn't. Um, I am born and raised from Ethiopia and in my country, it's hide that child away. This child's not normal. I also attend church and the first thing out of, we're not gonna even be specific, the first thing out of their mouth was, oh, well, you went to school, you're smart. He's not autistic. And I said, that's what they said. Then, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Well, it's like, you, you, you sure you wanna go there? <laughs> so I become very, almost hostile in this journey because I've been fighting so hard and I, my, my only goal is you're going to respect this baby. You're going to treat him like a human being. He is not a thing. He is not an object. He's not a bad little boy. I don't care what you say. I will fight you down to the gristle. I will stand toe to toe with you. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what color you are. I, I don't care what you know. It doesn't matter. None of that even matters to me. My baby, that's it. And he, oh, I don't care if he's 19 years old. That's going to be my baby forever. Right. And anybody who stands in the way is going to have a problem when it comes to that child. Um, I have like, I'm trying to like figure out. So, so I'm like trying not to get all emotional and wild. I'm very eccentric. I'm very, <laughs> but um, when he was two, the first thing that they do at these hospitals is hand you that 100 day um, kit from, that I'm like, I, I don't want that crap. Okay, that's gonna be coloring pages for my kids. And I think it's so insensitive. You don't just hand somebody a stack of papers and don't really say anything. Even though I did, you know, that was my field. I said, but being a teacher and being a parent, the two cannot compare. They're not the same thing. I get to send those babies back and they were my heart and soul. But this is, I laid there on that slab and pushed this boy out. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference here, a distinct difference in, I didn't like any of that. I don't like the way the medical field operates. I don't like the way they treat parents of color. I have had to let them know several times to the point that um, when I was pregnant with my third son, they literally threatened me with children's services because I wasn't coming to my appointments because I said, I'm not missing no IEP meeting. I have to, there was something going on with Romello and I needed to be there and they did not understand that. And I told them, you can call whoever you want because when they come here, they're not going to find nothing. I, I take good care. I do too much for these boys. I know people always say, you know, she's, you need to take a break. You need to, you're doing too much, girl. You're pregnant now. Calm down, calm down. And people don't understand when you have a child on the spectrum, sometimes, I mean, I'm trying the self-care thing, but it's difficult. It's difficult. It's very, very difficult. And at the, for me personally, I know a lot of people disagree, but he comes first. These kids come first, period, at all times. Because the second I, 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 I start slacking off, here come the school district with the foolishness. Here come yep. this one with the foolishness. And you really have to fight these people. And it's sad. It's unfortunate. They do not give a dog on about my master's. They don't give a dog on that I left from my PhD, but they do not give a dog on about none. I'm just another black woman with a whole lot of kids. They could care less about me. I'm just an I'm just another name. They don't care about my baby, but better believe they're going to. That's right. They're going to believe that I'm I'm not playing with nobody. Um, 
I'm sorry. I'm not playing that's with all right, girl. That's all right. <laughs> I mean, it's true, right? Because a lot of people are always saying, you know, autism parents, you know, self-care. But the reality, what is self-care when you have multiple children, when you have bills that you have to pay. And especially for some of us that may or may not even have a significant other or, you know, someone who can help us with the children. And I know I'm going to go to uh, Boston Girl TV because I think Boston Girl TV, it, her situation and her story is a little different than a lot of us because she's a mother by choice. You know what I mean? So she chose this path, right? So it's not like, she has the help that many, mo some of us on this on this um, show have. So Boston Girl TV, Monique, talk to us about that. Yes, I am a black single mother by choice. And what happened was um, I had a neighbor who was 40 and I was like 34 at the time and she wanted a baby. And I wrote a blog at the time and she wanted me to do research, right? So come to find out, I was living in Atlanta and Massachusetts has a mandate for fertility, but Georgia does not. So these fertility companies are fighting each other, trying to get your business. So they were offering like free fertility tests if you went to their seminar. I go to the seminar. I'm not even thinking about no babies. Okay. But uh, I take the test and they said, you either have a baby now or you ain't never having no babies, period. And that's what got me going about it. Cause you know, I, I wasn't worried about being a mother, but when somebody's about to snatch it away from you, you get a little worried about it. Right. So, but so Ava's a late in life baby. She wasn't born until I was 30, 39 years old. And she was, the cord was wrapped around her neck. There was a lot of things going on. I had to take a class C drug while I was pregnant because um, they said it was life-threatening if I didn't take this medication because I have a neurology condition. So when I got the autism diagnosis, first of all, I didn't suspect autism. She's a girl. You know what I mean? And the way they placate the autism is all boys. You, I, didn't, I ain't never heard of a girl with autism until I saw my girl getting the diagnosis. And I was, you know, I live in the greater Boston area and you know, we have certain um, health centers, right? And I, I had health insurance, but I'm going to the health center because it's in the neighborhood, it's close. And that woman looked me in the face and said there was nothing wrong with my child and kind of poo-pooed me that this was my first child and I didn't know any better. And I could call early intervention if I want to. And just like Danny, I stand six feet and me and that woman went toe to toe and I told her all off. And I took my baby somewhere else, right? And immediately, and you know, not every, I'm not a colorist, like white people, black people, whatever. This white woman doctor, Jewish lady sat me down, did not treat me like a number and talked to me for like an hour. You know, the appointment's like 15 minutes and said, look, I think she might have autism. I thought she just had a speech delay. So this threw me right off the, the bat. But immediately she gave me the 15 questions. She wasn't doing nothing on no questions. And she was like, okay, we're going to get a diagnosis. So it was a year out, right? Anybody I tell you, get on the cancellation list. I got on the cancellation list. We were in there in about four months. And I go and I'm still convincing myself, God wouldn't let that happen. She doesn't have autism. You know, I'm telling myself this. This woman is with my child 20 minutes, 20 minutes. It's like, she's autistic. I'm like, 
what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, excuse me? What are you talking about? I'm like, oh. and then no answers, no what's going to happen in the future, no what to do next. I get handed this stack of paper, right? So my mother's there were kind of asking questions and you feel like you're begging. You're begging to hear something. Like, what are you saying? What does this mean? I ain't know anything about autism other than what I've seen on TV, like little, you know, news stories. Like, I don't know anything. What are you talking about, right? And you're like, well, will she talk? Well, we don't know. And later, like me, like I hated this woman that day. I mean, later, because we see her every six months to a year. Now we're good. But at the time, I hated her. I was like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, what do you know? You talked to my child for 20 minutes and you seem to know she's autistic, but you don't know anything else? Like nothing. Right. And I got to the parking lot and early intervention actually came to the appointment with us. And I broke down in the parking lot. I'm talking about sobbing in the parking lot of this hospital. I mean, the the early intervention speech therapist was hugging me because I'm just having a damn breakdown, right? Because I was just like, I felt so helpless. You know, I felt helpless. And then I'm sorry, I went through, is this my fault? Like, is there something I did, something I didn't do? Did I not take the folic acid? Did I forget the vitamin D? Was it the medicine? Was it the cord around her neck? I chose this. She's 39. Is it because I'm old? You know what I mean? I beat myself up to a pulp about, is this my fault? Right? Did I, did, should I have delayed the vaccinations? I mean, because at the time, I didn't know about the vaccinations either. So I'm like feeding into everything that this could possibly be on me, you know? So in my history of success, I've always learned that you find other people going through the same thing as you. And that's always served me well in every situation. If you want to be a successful businesswoman, you find other successful businesswomen to mentor you. You know, that's always been me. So I was on my autism team and this girl reached out to me. She had a nonverbal daughter and she was black. I told myself, this woman's going to be my best friend. I didn't care. She, we were talking today and she was like, well, you didn't know if I was crazy. I said, girl, I was desperate. I didn't care if you're crazy. I didn't care anything. We are going to be best friends because I had nobody else. Like I knew nobody who had, a, well, actually I had cousins, but they were like severely autistic and we're dealing with like the moderate to mild, right? So she was considered moderate. She didn't have no words. So I found this girl. She, girl, I mean, she was happy to meet me. I was happy to meet her. We're at a park by Carney Hospital for three hours talking, okay? Our kids are like ready to go home at this point, but we are like so happy. And we've been best friends ever since. So I had my ally, one ally, now we're going to hit every autism event in Massachusetts. We would plan, we would go together. And sometimes they call them autism events and they weren't, right? So this is how I met Yahara, her autism event. And I go to her, I didn't know how to pay for it. So I'm looking it up. I couldn't figure out how to pay for it. So I called the number attached and I get Yahara. We talked for two hours just from this call. Now she my new best friend. 
right? So then we get there and then she introduces me to somebody who tells me, oh, well, my daughter goes to an autism center because my daughter was just about to enter Boston Public Schools. And I wasn't happy about it because they just ran over me with this IEP. I mean, they ran over me with the back tires. Like I felt at a loss and I didn't even like how they were talking to me. Like I didn't like the tone in their voice, right? To the point that once I heard that tone too much, I found me an advocate. I found me an advocate and he showed up at that IEP. He didn't say much, but their tone totally changed when that man sitting there. Totally. Now she's all inviting, not just telling me I need to take this and you need to take that. Like I had no options or no choices or whatever. But even with the autism center, and I love her autism center, but I don't even let that die either because my daughter has no words. So I really feel people put her in the box of stupid, okay, or she's not intelligent or whatever, whatever way you want to put it. So, and to be honest, I didn't know either. Like, I I mean, I'm not an elementary school teacher. I'm not a social. I don't have any knowledge. So I'm going off the cuff too. So um, the pediatrician, when she was four, was like, she's not talking. She needs a speech device. I'm like, oh, okay. So we went on the mission of the speech device. This girl gets the speech device, and within six months, she got 80 to 90 words. You know, you know, she's done had the speech device for two years. You can watch my stuff on Boston Girl TV, um, on my YouTube and TikTok. I also have a uh, Facebook group, Autism on Strong, where I do homeschool with her. And the truth of the matter is, a lot of people don't know about this speech device. So I feel like I'm a subset, right? Because first of all, I have a girl. And first of all, she's not talking. So when you meet people in Facebook groups with nonverbal kids, like legit nonverbal, like not, they can talk, but they're not conversational, you know, and stuff like that. We tend to bond together. They'd be like, how did you do this? How, where did you get that? You know, I get a lot of questions like, where'd you get that device? You know what I'm saying? Because nobody, there's definitely different levels of autism. There's different levels of where people are at. And I feel like even in the autism community that I get overshadowed because people don't understand it's different when you have a child with literally no words. Like, and you're trying to figure out how to communicate with this child. And she could just be upset that her foot hurts, but she can't tell me her foot hurts. So she's flipping around all acting crazy. And it's a legitimate reason, but she can't communicate it to me. Okay. And she has epilepsy too. We've been hospitalized in children's hospital like five times or whatever. But there is a different level that you already got the behaviors. You already got the communication issues and they have no words to tell you anything, you know? So it, it, it brings this extra level of madness, right? And I'm sorry, nobody believes you unless you have proof. I told these people, she likes space and dinosaurs. She, I was watching her on her tablet and she was watching space. Girl going to deep space, nine Star Trek, the next generation and all this stuff. And they said, oh, she probably just likes the colors. Really? You know, and then she gets the speech device and the next, you know, the turnover is real. So now it's a different set of people, right? So the turnover just happens all the time. And they're like, oh, she likes space and dinosaurs. I said, I told you that last year. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, I do my videos for proof. 
and accuracy and to tell you, I know my child's deficits. I know all of them. So when you're talking to me, you ain't telling me nothing that's surprising. Once you tell me something surprising, I'll let you know. You know what I mean? That's how I know they're lying or telling the truth or whatever, because I know my child, right? So I request videos. I request videos. They need to show me what she's doing. You know what I mean? And they happily send them too. And I'm the type that I want her to do it at home too. I don't want her to be a puppy that you get her to do a trick there and I can't generalize it at home because that's not helpful. You know what I mean? I don't want her to just do things there. So I try to generalize it at home. But I feel like autism is a fight. I don't care if you're white, black, or other. I don't call the um, Massachusetts Insurance Commission. I got in a fight with um, the Department of Education. I've gotten in a fight with so many people. And when I say fights, I mean, I, I don't like condescension. Okay. Don't placate me. Don't condescend me. You know, I, yes, it's hard to hear, you know, not the greatest things about my child. It is, but I want the truth, you know, because I remember a BCBA said to me, oh, I said, well, what is her issue? Oh, she don't have no issue. She's doing great. I said, look, she wouldn't be here if she's doing great. That's not a productive conversation. Tell me what her issues are. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear rainbows, unicorns, and butterflies. I want to hear what's going on so I can work on it. Like they said, she knew her colors. Then they said she regressed and didn't know her colors. Okay, well, I'm home working on colors. You know what I mean? And now she knows her colors. You know, but if you didn't let me know that she supposedly lost this skill, then we ain't communicating. We ain't talking, you know, and my goal is to get this child to the next level. I had met an autism mom at an event and she said something to me. She said, they say meet him where they're at. She said, I don't want to meet him where he's at. I want to meet him where he needs to go. And I agree. You know what I mean? I, Yahara asked me a question like, if she will never talk, have you accepted that? And I said, no. I haven't accepted anything at all because the moment I accept that she has challenges that she can't overcome is the moment I stop fighting for them. Mm. So I'm never fighting. I need to put, I need to, look, 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 I work 40 hours a week, picking up and dropping off Zoom and COVID and all this stuff. I got family obligations, but we doing homeschoolers no matter how tired we are. And I also feel like I get a lot of shame because there's certain things I don't put up with, autism or not. I don't know if y'all know Temple Grandin, but Temple Grandin marked her success was the fact that she wasn't treated any different than a normal child, mm-hmm. right? It's not, oh, well, she has autism, so treat her with kid gloves and don't have expectations because she has autism, right? So I know when my daughter doesn't want to do something and she's laying across the floor crying and screaming or whatever, and I'm like... Okay, we'll give you five minutes. You climb and scream, but eventually you're going to sit in this chair you and do what you have to do, right? Or like doing her hair. She's a black child. We all know that is not the move, right? And I mean, it took a year of crying, a year of crying that we're going to do your hair every Sunday. 
And you're going to have to suck it up because it's a hygiene issue. We have to do it. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't like it when I was a child either. So I accept that you don't like it. I cried too. So is this neurotypical or is this autism? No, it's neurotypical, right? And if she has a tantrum on the floor, I step over her. And it's funny. She gives up, right? And I, and I had a problem with the autism center because they don't say no. You know, they don't want the disruption or whatever, but I feel like that's not life. You know, she's going to have to do things she doesn't want to do. If it's an autism related thing like sensory or whatever, you really have to judge which way it's going. You know what I mean? Or is it just her having a tantrum because she's six and she don't want to do it? You know what I mean? So there's definitely a fine line. And I don't, I used to baby her too. I had to get out of doing things for her and having expectations too, because I was falling into that trap also, you know? So for me, I had to get past, it wasn't my fault. You know, I had to get past that we're on a journey that nobody knows what the end result will be. I don't care what teacher, BCBA, anybody. And I asked our developmental pediatrician what she learned. Because she's been, you know, diagnosed since 2002. And she says she makes no guesses about what this kid is going to turn out to be. She said that she had um, thought kids weren't going to talk and they ended up talking. She thought kids were low functioning and they end up high functioning. She thought kids were high functioning and they end up lower. It's like, no, there's no path for autism that you can say that this kid's going to do X, Y, and Z. There's nothing. You know what I mean? So my thing is, as a parent, my expectations got to be in the sky. Mm-hmm. And they're going to stay there always. Thank you. And I hear you. I mean, and and to that, you know, I'm going to go to T because we're about to start wrapping up. And, you know, we, if we can give a parent an advice right now, what would you tell a parent right now about this journey? And I'll start with you, T, and then we'll go to Cynthia and then hopefully uh, Tiff will come back. Um, and it was funny. Um, I was just going to ask that question. I was say four years ago when I got the diagnosis today, had I known to, and I've told a few parents this, the one thing that I could give the best advice is, um, give yourself time to grieve. Mm. Um, the fight is going to come. We know that, but you have to give yourself time to grieve because in this journey, um, just because a few a month or two ago, I kind of went back to that grieving process of it was a bad day. We, we we have several bad days sometimes. And I think that we get in the habit of rush, rush, rush. I got to do this, this, this. Sometimes we forget to just let our emotions out. That's right. And I just looked at my son and I forgot that I, I I forgot to give myself time to grieve the process of grieving, you know, and so that's the best advice that I can give a parent today is just at, the fight is going to be there. It's going to always be there, but emotionally take care of yourself. Give yourself that time to grieve. And then after 
whatever you win, dig, dig your dig your heels in and get your child to help. But what I do want to say is, um, Danny, I'm scared of you. I am. I'm scared. I'm scared of you. That is my goal is to make a trip to Boston. Oh my goodness, you. I mean, I'm that mother too. I will go through a hundred people to get that one person that's messing with my child but i also learned that from your hider i mean i i kid you not and i have to say this real quick and i make this post when my son was first diagnosed i reached out and i wanted to i wanted to meet people that knew my journey that knew the struggle but everybody was about their bottom line and i'm not don't don't get me wrong do your bottom line but when you're a newly diagnosed parent you don't want to hear if you can get me there. Can you afford me? I'm like, lady, I just quit my job. You know what I mean? And when I met Yahida, and I'm like, this chick is dope. I mean, she's fighting the school districts, and she is still supporting other parents. And she said, I said, this chick is real. And as I said, and I can just continue to watch her. It just encouraged me more to not accept no from the school district. It encouraged me to um, do all that I have to do to, to to fight for my son. And I can honestly say, I think my journey has been very hard. Um, because I will say one thing, if, if there is a school, they know one thing, and that is not to mess with Tyrone. Because Tyrone got a mama that's going to come at you yeah, 10 toes deep. And, you know, and I got that from your hider because I'm not going to accept anything for my son. You know, whoever saying something about an IEP meeting, when you walk in, you, you feel intimidated. I was the only black person there. And you got the speech language pathologist, you got the OT, you got the principal, you got the psychologist, and they're telling you about your child. Oh, no, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And it got to a point where I will email the superintendent. Or I'm sorry, I will email the um the director of special services over Wayne Township so I can get the result that I need. And oh, when you email them, then immediately you start getting the results that you need. Let's have a meeting. Oh yeah, we sure can't have a meeting because there's no way my son should be able to elope the most restrictive school district in our district. How do you just allow him to walk out to school so we're going to have a meeting and we're going to get this solved but daddy i gotta girl i got to meet you we got some things to discuss <laughs> but i definitely but i definitely have learned everything everything that i've learned from you and i and i mean that with all of my heart and boston girl i mean i didn't seen her say some things and she just gonna tell you straight up how it is and it's gonna be and i'm like whoa <laughs> but I, this community has has strengthened me um it has encouraged me um i've met some fabulous people on this journey just in autism sprinter and i mean i'm so humbled to have met the who has taken me under her wing who text me who will email me because some people are so busy or think that there's so much that they cannot and i mean it, it's, it's she's a text away she's a call away she's an email away she's a facebook away so i thank you personally to have been my mentor um on our journey i really do and i mean that um very sincerely i love you boy. 
So I'm not gonna get it all emotional, right? Cynthia, so talk to us. What if you if there's anything that you can tell a parent, what would you tell them? Um, if anything I wanted to tell a parent, the there's three things. Three things I wanna mention to them. The number one thing, find a support group, find a place. So this is what happened to me. I didn't have that. I didn't have no place to go. And, you know, we get like that. We get emotional. We don't get emotional in front of the kids. But there are times we're in the bathroom crying. There are times in the room that we are crying. But when you are in a support group, you have that support. You see other mom that's like, hey, my son broke like three TVs. And you're like, oh, really? This is my first one. And then, you know, you get to laugh with each other. You get to share your stories. So a support group or whatever whatever mom that you can get yourself to. I, I remember one of the mom was saying like, you spent three hours talking to another mom. That's, that's just getting things out. Cause a lot of the time we keep everything inside and it's harder. So the other thing is, is educate yourself. If you don't know about autism, you need to know what autism is. IEP work. You need to know what's a ABA or BCBA. All these, you know, new langos, if you don't get used to them, they're going to manipulate you because they, they know who knows and who don't know, right? Because when you go to the IP meeting, they can tell you, I'm not messing with her. And I know your heart is one of those people, and I learned from her. I'll be thinking, I don't care if they call me this loud black woman or black Asian woman. I don't care. I'm going to be loud. So if you put yourself, I'm not saying to go disrespect anybody, but... As you have the knowledge, they're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to mess with her because I've come to so many different meetings and I can see that, like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I do my research. So that's very important. The other thing is I would tell mothers that are out there, don't give up on yourself because a lot of times, you know, we have our kids that get diagnosed and then some of us have our careers, some of us have our goals. And then we're just like, okay, it's over for me. I got to give up everything. And one thing that I've learned, this is from myself. You know, sometimes people are like, how do you do it? I'm like, I'm no different than you. It's my mentality. That's all it is. It's my mentality. I'm saying to myself, yes, um, I have my children. They are autistic, but at the same time, they're looking up to me. So if I give up, I'm telling them to give up to the world. I'm telling them that, you know, don't try at all to try to speak or don't try at all to better themselves. So like, keep going, whatever you are doing, whatever, you know, I, I look at D all the time with her hair products. She's out there, even though she's pregnant, she's making things happen. It's not like she's not crying. It's not like her, her son did not act up, but she's like, Hey, this is my passion. I'm going to follow it. I want to leave something behind for my children. And then we do the same thing too. And, you know, I, I know there are times when my, my boys come to me, they're like, mommy, another Zoom. I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, they come to my clients. I'm like, hey, this is my autistic son. And they're like, hey, you know, just go for your passion. Go for whatever goal it is. Don't give up on anything. I know in the beginning, you got to get things together. But at the end of the day, keep fighting what you're looking for. I just want to say, Yahara, I loved you from the beginning. I remember the first time I heard this woman speak, I was just like, I love her energy. like, Because <laughs> I'm a happy person and people get threatened when you are loud because, you know, people want you to be sad. But I'm just like, I like her. And then, you know, she didn't hesitate. I, you know, with Facebook, 
we we talk all the time there are times like we just hop in on messenger and she's always open and that's what we need in our black and brown communities how us mothers we can put our hands together because we are all fighting the same fight right so if we put our heads together we can become better so that's the advice that i have Ooh, yes <laughs> so i know that tiffany we, we see you boo so she's having connection problems guys but shireen i'll go to you so you know what are what what's a what's an advice that you can give a parent? Um, data, data, data. Collect, collect, collect. Yep. That's it. That 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 is what I did, and and be pleasantly persistent. Yep. That's it. And 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 that's honestly that's just all um that i did and that's what the school systems in massachusetts is asking they want proof they need proof so that they can take back to whatever the iep board to say okay fine we awarded these services based on unfortunately they wait until if you don't have the data they wait until it gets really really bad and then then they have data and then you get services yeah. so as every step along the way like I journaled everything, and then when I when the journal didn't work, I like I said before, I went I went to the doctor, and so we have a huge file, um, even at home I have all the files from when I started, um, and his baby journals, and so I can prove I, I can prove the services um, that we have, and so, and then surround yourself with um, honestly like Cynthia said, um, like positive people, like so that it can help you um, just to grow and to become stronger. Like know your strengths, know your weaknesses, um, know where you need to get a pick me up and, 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 and just get what you need to get and just, you know, just keep on going. And just like, I block out the noise. I block out neg negative energy. Um, I smile at everyone, but I also <laughs> to hide the nose. You're like, you don't want to go there. <laughs> I was like, no, we're not doing that now. Um, so that's just how I that's just how I get through. Um, I like gardening and I like hiking and I like stimulating myself intellectually. So I'm always learning, learning, learning. I'm always reading, I'm always doing something because that stimulates me and gives me the energy to you know, just to keep going. So, mm -hmm. I love that. So Boston Girl TV, what would you say? would be your advice to parents? Um, I'm gonna have to piggyback off Cynthia because I feel like nothing got done until I met other autism moms that led me through it. Um, I feel like the moment I started making those connections, especially when you start making those connections in your state, they teach you how to, like, what to apply for, how to apply, like even the secondary mass health policy, it's not a simple application and you go through it and you're sitting there just confused. You know what I mean? And if I didn't have somebody who went through it before and they're like, nope, do this, do this, do this. I mean, we even have templates on autism sprinter, how to apply for a handicap plate, you know, or so the thing about your isn't just pleasant. She has the knowledge, like the knowledge and the whole thing too and she's also half motivational speaker because she like gets you like hyped to do it and go <laughs> in there. And you know, she's like, when I was fighting the Department of Education, she's like, uh uh, no, you need to, here you go. 
send me your email. I'll rewrite it for you. And da, 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 da. And then we also, when you create that community, it's it's a beast because there's also, and you know, she's a white woman, Rachel. She is like the beast of autism sprinter. She and she's a lawyer. Even though she's not practicing, she wrote a legal letter for me just off the strength of autism and being an autism parent. She has minority children. So she's definitely part of our group, even though she's a white woman. She has minority children. And that she and it's a whole nother dynamic for her being a white woman with minority children because you know they're half Asian. And you know what's going on with them right now. So yeah, I feel like my biggest advocate was always other autism moms, right? Who, all, well, especially Yahara, because her kids were older. So she had already went through several things that I knew no knowledge of. You know what I mean? And I definitely spent time, I don't know, if you're in any autism groups, like I post my videos in like 25 different autism groups, right? And people come at me and like, oh, how'd you do this, whatever. And you hear the desperation, the same desperation I had when you get that first diagnosis and you don't know what the hell to do. And I'm talking grandparents, dads, aunts, uncles, where'd you get that speech device? How can I get one for my baby? You know, they don't talk either. Or you post people like, well, where do you get size six diapers? Well, do you have Medicaid? Well, this child's over three. You don't need size six diapers. You need a pediatrician to write you a, a prescription for Pampers. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't know what you don't know. And that's the thing. Like, so when I meet someone new, I'd be like, okay, are they over three? Are they potty trained? Yes, no, whatever. Do you have Medicaid for this child? Yeah. Well, you need to um, call your pediatrician. It's just as easy for the, all it is is a prescription. Get them the right to prescription. There you go. I said, oh, you know, I start asking the questions to cross the T's and I's that I didn't have to beg for from autism moms. But all those other people, nobody told me. Nobody said boo. They just assumed. I don't know. If, and to be honest, they don't know either. Like, I realized that early intervention don't know about all the services either. They're there to either speech therapy, OT, and that's their focus. They don't know, like, um, me and the lady got in an argument, and this was definitely racism, right? Um, she was like, she was shocked we own the home, because we're in Boston. She was shocked. You own this? You know what I mean? It's a film, and I was like, yeah. And then she's like, well, and here's another thing, the working poor. She was like, well, you should apply for Social Security. I said, well, is it income-based? because I don't qualify for anything income-based. Oh, no, you'll get it. Oh, no, I'll get it because I'm black and brown and you don't think I make any money. But the lady at Social Security was like, you make too much money and this is for poor people and we don't consider you poor. Mm. And I was like, damn, you know, did she have to put it that way? You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) a lot of people, because you're in like a funny place if you're the working poor too, because some services you straight up don't qualify for. Some services, they want premiums on, you know, because you make too much money, right? But let's put it this way. So I got the secondary policy and I got a premium, but then the Affordable Care Act paid that premium. So this, but you wouldn't know that either unless someone told me that to like, as soon as you get the premium, apply for this. You know what I mean? 
so not to cut you off, but you're 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 giving you're dropping a lot of gems, right? So you're saying that their parents who do have private insurance can also qualify for mass health as secondary, so that you can pay for you know to see the deeper deeper than that, Yahara, because you have you have to go through the healthcare connector, right? Yeah. Which you're going to get rejected because you have your own insurance, right? So I tell people when you go through the healthcare connector, there's two things you have to make sure you check yes on. Your child is disabled and the disability will not go away in 12 months, right? Those are the two things in that form you got to check yes on because even though they don't make it easy. They don't let you say, well, let me just apply for my disabled child. You got to apply for the whole damn family, get rejected. And then they come back at you about, well, what child's disabled and give us the paperwork and stuff. So it's a tedious process, tedious. And, you know, unless I had those autism moms telling me, no, do it this way, call this person, or, you know, who knew that Massachusetts has an autism insurance line? Terry, you can call Terry. Terry can go into the system and find out where your application's at. Like, until somebody told me about Terry, I didn't know Terry existed. You yeah. Know what I mean? So it's like, like nobody's just yeah. handing you this information. It's almost like somebody got to say, "Did you call Terry? <laughs> Who, who's Terry? Like, Terry, what's you up, know? girl? We friends. Like, what's up, boo? Like, you got to help and me out here. Meeting Terry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I went to her insurance class at the Federation. It's like, but I'm saying all this came from other autism moms. Other autism moms who watch my show. So I feel obligated to help other autism moms. So I have sat on um, Instagram, I mean, not Instagram, Facebook, and talked to people during instant message. I have called them in the Facebook Messenger and talked to them and walked them through. And sometimes we just want to be heard, heard by somebody going through the same thing, you know, because I could just hear it in their voice, the comfort that you have an autistic kid too. This isn't a neurotypical parent kind of condescending you saying, oh, they'll be all right. Oh, just give them time. Oh, don't worry about it. They'll grow out of it. You know, it's another autism mom that's been down your road in that comfort level when they know they can tell you exactly what's going on and you're not going to shame them, judge them, feel bad for them. You're going to help them. That's me. I, that's you dropped a lot of gems, guys. So I hope you guys rewatch this. For those that haven't watched, please rewatch it because there's a lot of gems that we're dropping here. Um, and if you're not part of our Facebook group, sh please join our Facebook group, Autism Sprinter, um, because we do, especially if you're here in the state of Massachusetts. And we also have different people like T, who's not from Mass, who can definitely um, set you up um, in her state. And we have people from the UK. We have people from a lot of different places that can help you get connected in your community. Louisiana. So yeah. Yeah. So D, we're going to end with you, you know, tell us, you know, what advice do you have with, you know, what, what advice would you have for parents in this journey? So I would just say, honestly, that don't be afraid to advocate. It doesn't matter who it is. Don't worry about your background. You don't have to, mm -hmm. because I mean, they treat me like crap and I'm coming out of the same field that they're standing in. So it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. It really, really doesn't. Um, yeah. And don't, please don't get tired. I, I mean, 
everyone posting about their World Autism Day today. And I swear, my kid screamed all morning in meltdown. Well, he screamed all morning. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Don't be afraid to withstand the storm because days are hard. Like, my son is also nonverbal. So I, oh my God, I get it. I really, really, really get it. Don't get tired because, especially for if you have a child that is nonverbal, you are their only path because people will say all type of crazy things. You know, your, your child won't do this. They won't do that. They can't. I hate that word. They can't. They can't. They can't. They can't. They won't. I said, you know, maybe you won't. And they'll try to start. I mean, my my son's last IEP meeting was brutal and I had to completely go off. They was just looking. They have never seen me scream. They have never seen me raise my voice. But by the time I got done, everyone was like, okay, ma'am. I said, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, but they starting to drop the A word on my baby. Aggressive. And I, I was I'm like, I'm like, Papa the heat, that baby is not aggressive, but I am. Please, please don't confuse that. Mm. But um, yeah, don't give up. Do not give up. I know it's hard. I know, you know, some days are hard. Like, let's be real. Some days are very hard and you're just like, why? Why does it have to? I ask myself that sometimes. Sometimes I feel bad, but like, that doesn't have to be me. Why does? Why do I have to deal with this? Sometimes I've even went as far, God help me, of saying, oh, I've worked all my life with autistic kids. Now, why on earth would I be the one to end up with one? But you know what? Sometimes I, I think it takes a very special person to work with a autistic baby, especially to be the parent of one. So who better than you, whoever has a child on this? Family? Who better? It, it, it's, it's you for a reason. That's all that's I got to say. <laughs> and that's perfect. So, guys, I mean, we can go on and on and on. And, you know, you guys will probably see these lovely ladies again because we're going to continue this work. Um, because, as Danny said, you know, the fights are going to always go, you know, keep happening. And, like Angel said on the comment, the fight with the schools is horrible. Um, and, you know, parents buckle up because. The reality is that um, post-pandemic, the fight is going to be harder. Um, we're going to experience a fight and a half um, because some of our babies did not get the services that they're rightfully owed, um, that are that are covered under FAPE, that are covered under, um, you know, that are covered under, um, you know, idea uh, and that are le legally stipulated on their IEP because an IEP is a legal abiding document, educational abiding document. So, you know, the fight is going to be real. And so, you know, like the mommies here said, you know, autism is far more than just um, awareness. There's a lot of accepting that we need to do. Um, our communities need to do better in including those that, you know, bring a different fabric um, layers, you know, to our community. And, you know, um, we look forward to seeing you the rest of this month. We have a few more um, shows happening. And, you know, make sure you follow these lovely moms that these are moms that will take their time to connect with you online and share whatever resources that they have. Um, because as you can see, our village is strong and we believe that, you know, Sharon is caring and that whatever information I have as a mom, I'm sharing it to the next mom and hopes that that mom shares it with the next mom. And, you know, just sharing because at the end of the day, like most of, most of us have said here that we're handed a diagnosis, a, a piece of paper, and they kind of send us on our way. And you, you know, you leave that office with a million and one thoughts. And I know for me, I, I self-blamed 
myself for for a lot of things. I feel like that I did a lot of things wrong when I was younger and all the things that my mom told me not to do. And I'm like, could that be the reason why? You know, so, you know, all I can say for me as a parent is what a lot of these mommies say, document, document, document. Never, when you have conversations, follow up with emails uh, and, you know, document everything. Document everything and and make sure you read your laws and understand your laws. With that being said, good night, guys. Um, we appreciate it and we look forward to seeing you guys again. Good night. Autism spreader. Think equity. Yeah. It's time to give the power back to the people. We're fighting to make our beliefs equal. Look at the failed policies and how they treat you. We got strength, yeah, we're far from feeble. This is for anyone with autism or with disability. Time to unite, show them how strong I will can be. Move readily, we're promoting equity. A non-profit platform, that's the recipe. Now throw your hands up, we finally got a winner. Seek equity with autism sprinter. Now throw your hands up, we finally got a winner. Seek equity with autism sprinter. It's time to make a change. Yeah. It's time to stand up for what we believe in. Equality and equity across the board. No matter your race, nation, or creed, disability, or your needs. Yes, it gotta be equal. It gotta be right.